I'm Marianne Kolbesek McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group, and I'm here at the HIMSS Cyber Forum in Boston speaking with Eric Decker, who is Vice President and CISO of Intermountain Healthcare. Hi, Eric. Hi, Marianne. Nice, nice to see you. You too. So, Eric, you spoke here at the conference about the importance of developing and fostering a cybersecurity mindset in healthcare. Is that easier said than done, and why? Yes, it is easier said than done. Uh, you know, I think one of the, the hardest things in cybersecurity is to is how folks understand the the issues, the threats that we face, the the reason why we have the controls that we have, um, and you know the and how that intersects with their daily life. You know, when you think about your you go about your your work and there's a friction point that's inside your work. If you don't understand the reason for the friction point, it's easy to have a mindset that says, this is an annoyance, this is a problem, et cetera. And it actually might be an annoyance and it might be a problem. Like there are times that we, we implement things that, uh, that might actually be uh, too friction forward. So, you know, really, you know, getting to a security-driven culture, uh, fostering a security-driven culture, which was the talk that we just gave. You know, my, my opinion, that's a, a culture that understands the reason why we do what we do. They feel part of the team. They feel comfortable and safe to be able to bring issues up with us, both things that they think they, mistakes that they might have made that might have in, induced risk in the organization, or, um, you know, just feeling safe to ask a question or a clarifying question about why a particular control is in place or here's how this is, you know, causing an impact in our workflows and, and environments and, and, you know, partnering with us on those, uh, on, on trying to make those changes or, or just understand that. I think that's, that's important. Um, and when you have a good, healthy dialogue and a good, safe space for that, you can really, um, you can shine the light on a lot of areas of friction that exists that might not need to be there. Uh, and then when you need to apply friction, when you need to apply the brakes, it's, it makes it easier for the organization to understand why and to adapt to that and um, partner with you on that. So, What are some of the areas you do see friction between perhaps what you know is best for the organization when it comes to security initiatives but perhaps pushback from clinicians and others that think that you know this might be you know additional hurdles in what they need to do for yeah. taking care of patients. I mean, the classic example is authentication and needing to log in or multi-factor authentication. You know, type in a password and then you you hit approve on your phone. And you know the the need for that kind of control is important, very important in this world that we live in. But I think one of the things that we can do better in cybersecurity is actually take a user-centric mindset when we apply these kinds of controls. There are ways to do it. We can, we can float both boats. We can have authentication. We can have multi-factor authentication. We can have a highly secure environment that maybe the physician, clinician, or nurse only deals with you know, once, twice, or three times during the day. But that requires us to have a very systems thinking mindset and be able to understand where they're moving and how they're moving around and then actually integrating those systems in the back end. This is where the tech side of this comes into play uh, to architect that way. If you don't, you just approach it on an application by application basis, then it's gonna feel very fragmented. And for the, for the user that's, that's coming in, they're going to just, they might groan a lot about how many times they have to type in their password, you know, and that's, that's a problem. Yeah. 
So now it's also budget planning time for many healthcare organizations. Any suggestions or, or tips for how healthcare CISOs and their teams can make their cases stronger to the top brass about why they need the funding and resources that are being sought? Yeah, I, the first thing I would say is it's really important in this day and age, right now in healthcare, with how the adversaries are beating us is to have an adversarial mindset to risk. Meaning, know what the tactics and techniques are that they're using to get in. We know that phishing is, is a common enough attack still, unfortunately. What's the most effective control against phishing? It's multi-factor authentication. Ideally, phish-resistant multi-factor authentication, but you know, any multi-factor authentication is gonna be better than zero multi-factor authentication. What does that really mean? It really means getting it in to every edge point where there is a lot of accessibility, such as the internet, and an exposure of that credential is going to be you know, used against you. So I think there are, uh, Marsh actually just recently put, put down five uh, mandatory controls that you have to have if you want to be insured. That's kind of the first step into the industry applying pressure to, and that's based on their science, you know, based on their claims data that said, these were the controls that were bypassed that ultimately led to a shutdown of the organization. And so you gotta do those five things. And they're, they're kind of forcing it. I would say, you know, start there. Start on like, what are those minimum things? Start to look at the Marsh Five and see how, you, how you're set up. So now, Eric, looking ahead to next year, what's on the list of your top cybersecurity projects and priorities and why? So, uh, you know, we at Intermountain, we are, um, you know, we grow uh, in an inorganic method. And so we have a lot of M&A work. And so my, my focus continues to be supporting the M&A, supporting getting the security program into every new company that we are bringing on. Um, it's continuing to mature our capabilities uh, of our of our teams and our defenses, uh, and it's it's continuing to to have hyper focus on this adversarial mindset. Um, there are a lot of really good projects. Uh, there's a there's a great uh, design architecture that you can apply to Active Directory called Isolation. Uh, used to be called Red Forest. Now it's a Isolation Zone architecture. It's one of our projects, and it it just significantly improves your defensive capability. So it's stuff like that. When you when you apply that the the way that you're getting the health systems are getting beat and then you look at yourself and do that gap analysis, you you can find target rich opportunities there. And finally, Eric, we hear so much about generative AI in healthcare. What are you keeping your eyes on these days in terms of the potential use cases involving AI that could have a big impact, good or bad, in healthcare? Yeah, I don't think I have a really good answer on this one. I, I think it's still being highly explored. You know, our clinicians uh, and nurses are looking at various use cases. There's various use cases in contact centers that people think are going to be applied. It has potential. I think the thing that people need to understand with, with AI is it's not magic. You know, so you have to have tailored correctly and modeled correctly for your environment and validated that it works correctly for your environment. And that takes time, it takes resources, it takes skills. Well, thank you, Eric. I've been speaking to Eric Decker. I'm Marianne Kobasak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for joining us. Oh, my God.